All right, welcome back. Welcome back to a special episode of Snooze and Booze. I want to record today because it's actually National Podcasting Day today, so I wanted to make sure to get an episode in. And luckily, my buddy Vu, our, one of our first special guests here, called us in, and he decided to have us <laughs> uh, do a podcast, so it worked out perfect timing. We also are joined by uh, uh, Dan. I'm just, I don't know your last name. What's your name? Keyless. Keyless. Dan Keyless. What is that, Greek? Uh, no, it's... Um... It's half Puerto Rican, actually. Half Puerto Rican. Oh. Last name half. Yeah, I can see that Latin vibe from you. Very fiery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, actually, how is your last name half? Uh, I, uh, I, I, it's originally Q U I N L E S, but I spell it uh, the way you know, uh, the way you say it. <laughs> uh, phonetically. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. All right. Cool. All right. Well, uh, welcome back, um, Lou. This is your your our. Second time returning guest. Yes, second time. Yeah. Um, are we supposed to say what we're drinking? Sorry. Yes, we are. <laughs> I was about to get to that. <laughs> so today we're all drinking uh, Blue Moons. Sorry. I just, no, it's, it's for the sponsors. Yeah, it's, for, it's for the fake sponsors we, 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 we don't have or never will have. And what are you eating? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Frozen shitty pizza. Have you, okay, so you're living the single life. Are you doing that stereotypical thing where nobody here cooks? They just buy processed food and microwave everything? Or does no, somebody actually, here cook? pretty much everybody here cooks. Oh, okay. No, I, 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 I eat processed food. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's got to get warmed up. I yeah, I get you. <laughs> so for the most part, you're doing that cliche stare, or it's not like what you no, think? No, I cook and prepare meals for mm. stuff. So. Just not today? No, no, no time today? No, no, I came home and like, screw it, I don't feel like making anything. Yeah, I feel you. I went to the grocery store, too, and bought meat and stuff yeah. to cook with, and I came home, and I'm like... <laughs> that's just like uh, that's the equivalent of like setting up by your bedside table the tissues, the lotion, the candles, the porno, and then just not feeling like jacking off. Like, come on, like, so <laughs> anticlimactic. <laughs> no, <laughs> in fact, that's a hard... sometimes happens without all without this. all that crap. <laughs> no preparation needed, right? Except for preparation age, probably. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, so Vu, what have you been up to since the last time we spoke? Uh, working, same old, same old. I uh, started training again. All right. Out of a robot fight and fitness. Where's that at? Around here? Uh, I, I just tried it out because it's it's like pretty much almost next door to where I work. Oh, so it's at a convenience more than anything? Yeah, same, same complex. Yeah. Um, it's cool. I mean, uh, I still retained a lot of my skill set, so that's good. But the gas tank wasn't there. Do you know what? I, I, that happened to me. Like, I went, remember I went a year without training? And I went trying to go ahead in a heavy bag for like a normal thing. Instantly, I felt just fatigued. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, this never happens, that kind of thing. But it, 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 it makes a big, big difference. That muscle memory's there, but that the lung power just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, they put me up against the first guy who was a blue belt. And I mock-walked him. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and, but by the end of it, the last minute, I was, like, hanging on, just, like, clenching, like, oh, crap. It's like holding on to the guard and just holding him down, like, okay. Yeah, I'm, survival I'm mode really shit. tired. Yeah, you look like Kane in the second round of the Verdugo. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I just kept getting worse and worse and then like finally by the end of the class uh the fifth guy he was a white belt he was just manhandling me i just had no energy to do anything left not even defend every time you like advanced position i'm like fuck it just advance just let me catch my breath yeah i'll get out of this next one like, i know what to do you don't and then it just kept getting worse like oh he got a submission and 
That's okay. I'll get out before he finishes. That's it. the equivalent of like a girl catching a lie, and you're trying to dig yourself out with more and more lies, like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> Dan, you do train oh. anything a lot? No. Because no, I know, no. like Keith does as well a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the, the weakest amongst. <laughs> you're the, the Ross of the. Of like the... two alpha males taking <laughs> it out in the house, and then me. So That's like, okay. Ouch. You get to pick up the pieces, man. You know, you get to after they're done killing each other, you get to just tip them over, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, do you do any kind of training you're, do you, that you're into? You look pretty fit, no? No, I mean, I, I used to be a lot bigger, and then yeah. uh, I got laid off from a job, and then I couldn't afford to eat that way yeah. anymore, <laughs> and I have a pretty fast, like, metabolism, so, I mean, I'm one of those guys that has to yeah. eat, like, constantly when they're working out. Yeah. Yeah. I was just force-feeding myself yeah, yeah. constantly, and then when <laughs> I didn't have the money to do that, I just, you saw, like, I just melted away. Yeah, screw it, yeah, I get you. What do you yeah. do now, though? You're working now, right? Uh, I, I recently moved to LA, mm-hmm. uh, like a month after, or no, sorry, like three months after Keith moved. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm here doing art. Uh, I have a children's book lined up that I've been working on. Oh, what's and, what's the name of the book, man? You want to promote it or anything? Uh, I'm still working on it, but it's called What's What's, what's Puberty? Name? Oh, what's the name? Okay, cool. Um, that's the name of this podcast. Or what? No, it's not. <laughs> So that's say we have to fight for copyright. No, um, I know, right? <laughs> What's in the name? Uh, Shakespeare inspired or something like that? Or no, no, no. It's just a, a, a boy, a little boy gets put to sleep every night, and every night when his parents put him to sleep, they're like, good night, rooster. Good yeah. night, ogre. Good night, you know, beetle. And then yeah. he wakes up in the morning, he's whatever they called him. Oh, that's clever. I like and that, yeah. So he, he wakes up, he imagines himself as that, uh-huh. until he goes downstairs, and his parents keep telling him, just because someone calls you something doesn't mean it's true. So oh, I like, like the a, underlining morality. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah, it's a simple children's book, but it's what I'm working on now. Uh, Do you have kids or anything? No. Like that? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this whole got a lot creepier right now. No, I'm kidding. Okay. No, uh, no. I, I, I've always been like around children. I've always babysit. I've always volunteered with kids. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's always been something I've been like pretty passionate about doing and enjoy doing yeah uh i originally went to school to learn how to do comic books well that's dude every um, fucking kid's dream that's my i'm a huge comic book yeah, yeah so it's more like just the art of telling stories uh-huh um and then you know it doesn't get any simpler than a children's book 100 yeah I'm trying to just inspire creativity and imagination and yeah it just seems like an awesome thing to try to do 100 that's a that's a really good thing that's commendable and i think that's to me children's book is something that's so easy and it's almost like that whole thing like you just got to put your mind to it to do the book mm-hmm. and you know once it once it's done it's done and you can tell a cool story and when you do have kids hey guess what i hear sure. i wrote something for you yeah. you know it's something for you i've seen some pretty uh garbage scripts before yeah. but it's just someone actually sat down and wrote like 32 pages right and you look at it and you're like yeah oh, this is this is awful <laughs> yeah but then at the same time you're like yeah i've never written 32 yeah exactly pages. yeah there's something it's to funny it you say that it actually brings up a, another point the whole robocop thing yeah peter how do you pronounce it like Verhoeven, whatever peter Verhoeven, uh, Ver- uh the german dude yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah uh when he first got the script to robocop he said this is stupid he looked at the name he's like the name is robocop <laughs> frank miller book by the way yeah like this, 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 this is ridiculous i'm not gonna do this i refuse yeah. and it was his wife i think that picked up the script and mm-hmm. read it and said there's actually a lot more layers to this than there seems to be yeah absolutely you know? yeah. and I-, I want you to sit down and read it and so that's when peter the, the director actually sat down and uh Read through it because you know what I'll do it and the rest is history. I have a uh, I think comic books get yeah, <laughs> the rest is cinema uh, movie cinematic history. No, I I, was, I have a thing. Uh, it's just. It's, it sucks to me that comic books get that thing right away. We're like, oh, it's a comic book, though. Like, hey, man, just, you know, I know it's a comic book. There's uh, good writing is good writing no matter what the medium. Ernest sure. Hemingway uh, and uh, Jeff Loeb, you know, I'm saying like comic writers. Uh, 
<laughs> There's some, I've heard some good artists. You know, what's his face? Uh, who's that famous artist? The richest artist? Uh, Asian dude. Jim No, not Jim Lee. <laughs> God <laughs> dare you. I would remember that. No, he had Facebook shares. Fuck, why am I tripping on his name? Oh, David. James No, no, no. Dave, David Chong, I think. Oh, or, oh. Uh, uh, Cho. Thank you. That he would, uh, like, just to write something, he would write a lot of those letters himself. Like, they hired him to, guess what? They're not really from the fans. You know, like, people write those letters or whatever. And that he would, that's how he started out. So, hey, maybe there's something to that. You know, good writing, good writing. Uh, from your accent, I'm going to Midwest. Uh, where are you from? Like Jersey. Jersey? Oh, okay. Yeah. Know, right? Wait, are you guys all from, uh, um, did you know him back then? Or mm-hmm. Keith? And... Yeah, I, I okay. used to work with the... So there's history there before Green. you moved here. Yeah. There wasn't just some Craigslist ad where you yeah, showed no, up? No, no, no. <laughs> I've known uh, Keith, our other roommate, since like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, then uh, when Shioshi joined uh, the company we were working at, the uh, multimedia company in yeah. Jersey, I, I knew him for a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. That's what you're saying. <laughs> the shitty. Uh, well, it's funny. It's a well, I got laid off. He got fired from uh, the company. That tells so, you everything right. you need to know, right? <laughs> so you guys came to L.A. for the bigger thing. Now we're out here doing big things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts where we get drunk and eat pizza. That's it, man. That's the life. Hey. I, you would have told me in high school. Yeah. I, I'm good. Thank you. Though. <laughs> if you would have told me in high school, that's what I'd be doing. Was, have you heard other podcasts before? Are you into this? Or? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I listen to like Bill Burr's podcast. He's the best. Usually. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. There's like a couple other ones. Uh-huh. There's uh, one called like How Did This Get Made? I love How Did This Get Made. One of my they, favorite ones of all time. Yeah, they yeah. watch they watch shitty movies. Yeah, it's Paul Shear, Jundine Rayfield, and um, Jason Manzukas, and yeah. they're mo- uh, they're all from the league. If you, you watch the league, um, but they're hilarious skit com- uh, skit comics. But on the movie, all they do is just talk shit on the shitty movies they watch. You know, yeah. it's it's the best. I love it, and I'm a big movie buff. So yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know, it's it's movies that I, I've normally seen them like you know years ago, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. Still, yeah, like fresh in my mind. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. Any other ones that you uh, that you like or to give you that nature, or whatever? Uh, nothing that really like I, I stick to. I mean, I have random ones on my phone. That, yeah, you know, pop up every once in a while. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Not enough that they're like. Pop yeah, up but those two specifically. Yeah, those I'm, are good ones. Those I'm are a definitely fan good. Of comedy, so it's it's anything like that 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 I come across. What are some of your favorite like? Comedic. Okay, let me say not uh, favorite movies that are hilarious that aren't meant to be hilarious. <laughs> How to put it that way? Yeah. That are hilarious but aren't meant. For, uh, okay, like for example, have you guys ever seen The Room? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest I think it's one of the funniest movies of all time it's a genius Jesus genius film <laughs> you heard what he, he tried to say it's a dark comedy yes I actually I heard for the longest time that he barely got to admit that someone got him to admit that it, he never you know he I, I, uh, all before then was in Tommy Wiseau he was just claiming that no no he, he wanted people to take this movie seriously like he wanted people to cry at the end that kind of shit and just barely he's been uh, like oh it was my intention all along that kind of bullshit like no it wasn't dude now, now he back yeah right he goes on tour with that that movie and yeah and does like panels afterwards and things like that they're they're not technically making a remake what they're making is a a, a movie of the making of and james franco is playing tommy wiseau <laughs> so that should be james interesting franco? yeah james franco's playing tommy wiseau and they're making a it's kind of like a how did this get made movie about that movie so it's kind of like a awesome. mock, mockumentary type shit like yeah yeah i cannot wait for that by the way kind of like ed wood uh yeah yeah absolutely kind of one of my favorite movies yeah, um, what was that? Was that? No, that wasn't Burton's work. Burton. Was it? Burton. Okay, yeah. So he fought to have it filmed in, like, to have it made in black and white. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I can like, see why that. Why make it in black and white? He's like, dude, that's the whole point. It <laughs> Give it, it's it almost works. a tribute. Yeah. Sure. That Plan Nine for an Outer Space movie, I didn't think it was so bad. It's good. I thought it's, eh, it's okay. 
I didn't think it was so bad. It's good. You gotta think for the time. I, I, I put myself in that mindset, but it's still, I'm like, oh, man, how did this become a cult classic? Because I can see movies from the time that, that still hold up today. That one still is not. Like Robot Monster? Have you ever seen that? No, which one's that one? Oh, the dude in the gorilla suit with mm. the space helmet? Yeah, never mind. I haven't seen that. I, I had, yeah, I, I had to watch that in, in class. Oh, did you? Film yeah, we had to watch the whole thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as like people made it up to be. Yeah, it's like supposed to be like one of the worst movies. <clears throat> I mean, it was that bad. Well, I'll tell you what's the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I just saw it about a week ago, and that's Paul Blart Two. And uh, Mall Cop, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? That bad? Oh my god. I, I, I Keep in mind, I ordered on demand. The first one was so amazing. Oh, though. right, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a toss up. We wanted a sequel. We were, you know, I have kids and we were wondering, like, oh, what should we watch? Um, it was between some indie flick and this one. It just barely won. Like, and then halfway through, my kids are like, man, I regret this decision. And uh, it was uh, seven and ten, but they're movie buffs, you know, like, what my oldest daughter is. Seven year old said she regretted it. Oh, well, but my son, he's really into horror films. You know, he likes the those kind of movies so, big time. So naturally, he's a he, you know, fan. No, no. He's, <laughs> he hated that movie. But he's big uh, into horror films. Uh, like uh, no, I mean, I kind of liked it. I but, like it. Yeah, he doesn't really watch shit like that. Like, I've tried to convince him to watch Avengers, and he'd rather go watch, uh, force me to watch Insidious 3. You know, that kind of thing. He's one of those kinds. But in so it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what Avengers. else? And then my oldest daughter Gwen, she's ten. She's into like Wes Anderson movies, you know that kind of thing. So, um, you know Wes Anderson? Yeah, that's I love. His, you don't like his movies? He's Sounds like, like both your kids are gonna be serial killers. So. <laughs> <laughs> my son for sure. My son for sure. He has some freaky ass drawings and all this crap. But it's okay in a good way, I think. I mean, it's me killing daddy because I love him. <laughs> <laughs> Pain don't hurt, you know that kind of thing. I eat his heart to ingest his love. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him, yeah. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, like I was saying, Pop Art 2, uh, please do not go watch that movie. I, I'd really rather watch, I don't know, Barney maybe? Rather watch Barney than that kind of shit. It's really no words to explain how offended I was. Like, I consider myself a, you know, a connoisseur of comedy. I love just comedy movies. And I was just getting offended by the jokes they were trying that wasn't hitting. Because <laughs> they weren't even hitting for kids, you know? Let me ask you this. What movie do you think, comedy-wise, did not received the praise it deserved or uh, the recognition it deserved uh, Almost Heroes I thought that was a pretty funny movie and didn't I, get it that's a Chris Farley Matthew Perry film Chris Farley. yeah yeah Chris Farley anything with Chris Farley I was, I was never a big Chris Farley fan. oh uh, Cable Guy I always thought that growing up uh, the film Cable Guy with Ben Stiller as a director, but uh, it's a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, I, I know, it's I know, people I know. praise I mean, it as one of his not funniest movies. I think that's the funniest movie he's ever done. I I look at that as a dark I comedy, watch it again. quote unquote, a dark comedy. It's been a while. All I remember is that like. Oh, Bill. <laughs> Speaking of which, like Jim Carrey, like that's another movie I thought that he didn't that did not get the recognition deserved was uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. I thought it was funny. I, it was I a good, it was, but a lot of people hadn't heard of it or seen it. Like, it's a biopic, actually, yeah, I know. based I on know, true story. I but I thought it was pretty good. Story. Yeah, but a lot of people did not like hear of it, or I guess because it was about two gay dudes. Gay, people, gay yeah, dudes. Yeah. yeah. I guess. But I thought that the, I think I told you this the other day. I think the gay reveal in that movie is the funniest part. Well, I well okay. You know, I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. They, they first reveal that he's gay. They show him like doing someone from behind, but they don't oh. show who. And. It, He's like, oh, I'm going to come. And then all of a sudden you see the guy's head pop up. Dude, yeah. man. Dude, yeah. Come in my ass. So I was like, oh, shit. To me, I liked how, uh, I thought the funniest part of that movie, I don't know if you remember, but it was when he finds out 
he was he was let go. He was, but you know, they the parents weren't ready to have another kid, and they gave him for adoption. But he wasn't the last kid they had, so he wasn't. Also, he was just the middle child that decided to leave. Like they, he had an older brother and a younger sister that they kept, but if him for some reason they just uh, decided to give him up. I thought that was, his up, his right? face. I thought it was just classic. Thank you. Taking the welcome mat. Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> this. It's a lie. <laughs> Underrated. I do. Uh, what else, uh, Dan? What about haven't heard from you? Underrated uh, comedic movie. You think it's hilarious and nobody else thinks it's funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, Jeez, oh, I don't know. I'm giving a standstill to this uh, <laughs> All right, podcast. come back to you. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, what's another one, Boo, that you think? There's a lot of great ones out there. Batman and Robin. <laughs> that came back around to me. I think it's pretty funny now. I think it's hilarious. Because I, okay, I loved it as a kid because I'm a kid. And then There's I grew... a theory about it, right? What's that? Why it's actually a better movie than people gave it credit for. No, tell me. Uh, because basically, Gotham, this is after Batman Returns. Yeah. The story is that in order to bring income, it was already starting to happen in Batman Returns. Is Gotham turns into almost like Vegas? I've heard that. Come in, like, That's why the neon lights, all that. I did hear that theory. That. You're right. Batman yeah. and Robin become almost like mascots. I did hear that. Yes, yes, yeah. Really? Yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah, that's a, that's a film theory. You heard a theory about The Matrix, right? Uh, that Smith is really the one? The one? Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's really, that one actually, it's Makes like, I'm, they sold me. They sold me. Like, they I believe me. it. I'm like, do it? Yeah, he's absolutely. Is, I don't even think this is a theory. I think that, that's fact now. Actually yeah. intended. Everything that they say, okay. <laughs> okay, so. They, I don't know what you're There's little clues. You've seen The Matrix trilogy, right? Yes. Yeah, it has to do with the whole trilogy in general, but. The uh, the clues are number one that the the man the one who, the one quote unquote is born in the matrix, uh, and right away that's the clue because Neil has a, he's not born in the matrix he's born outside remember they they adapt him from the show you know whatever the pods are, and then that in Mr Smith was born in the matrix so and so number two he's the one that dies and gets rebirth because Mr Smith went away in the you know he dies in the first one comes back in the second one that's his resurrection and number three oh the, the Oracle was playing this whole game. Because if they were, if she reveals that Smith is really the one that the computer program, whatever you know, and um, what it is, Zion or whatever the fuck, uh, that they can, since he's still connected, they can destroy him right away. But she needed him to become a threat, so she needed to let him uh, be Mr. Smith, you know, the evil bad guy. It's enough to become a threat to the actual Matrix. Yeah. So, so, so they can have a bargain, a deal, so they can be become a piece. She want a piece. Yeah. The thing was, they said like, oh, the the, the other thing about. Uh, the one in the prophecy was that he could, uh, what is it? He could manipulate and adjust the matrix as he saw fit. Yeah, remaking his Neo, own image. Yeah, remake it in his own image. Now, Neo but couldn't do that. Neo actually never readjusted or changed yeah. the matrix. He could fly. He had powers. What he had did powers. Smith do that? Well, he, he well, remember when he came back to the final Dragon Ball Z fight at the end? Everybody like was a Smith. Everyone's a Smith. And like the whole world was and dark like, like, and noir. It's like lightning and stuff. And he <laughs> like goes, he's called it a Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah. Goes, That's basically what it is. Yeah. And then Smith goes, you like what I've done with the place? Yeah, he remade in his own image. Yeah, yeah. he remade the Matrix in his own kind image. Kind of like a virus, like a bacterial virus, because he made so many of himself that can now and change the environment. And on top of that, uh, the Oracle herself said to Neo that he wasn't the one in the first movie. And and then the, in later in that, in that, in that same film... Um, um, she calls him a bastard, and he says, "You would know, mom," meaning that she that that's it's her parent like, program. A, pa- a parent program was her, you know that kind of thing. And then another thing, and then at the very end, the, yeah, the only the only way that the matrix can be reset is if the the the, the one inserts his code back into the source. Yes, right? and um, 
you remember in the second movie, Agent Smith was like, after you killed me, I knew what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to go back to the source, but I was compelled to stay. Yeah. So the only way they could fix the Matrix is to reinsert the source back, reinsert the code back into the source. So how do they do that? They couldn't Neo, do that until Neo, Neo goes there and gets plugged into he was the source. A, he was basically directly. a conduit for Smith. And then Smith yeah. takes over takes over his body and he gets reinserted back into the source. Now at the very end, now you nobody would know this foreshadowing unless there's a you know a psychic or an oracle. And at the very end, when the architect is uh, meeting her with the, at the park bench with that little Indian girl, she the first thing he tells her is you played a very dangerous game. And it, that whole, and so, you know, and she's like, oh, it worked out. And then the only reason she played that game was so they can finally have the, so the Matrix could be compromised enough where they would need, you know, Mr., you know, um, uh, Neo to make the compromise so they could have peace or whatever. But that was all because Mr. Smith was really the one. Don't you think you're just explaining, like, poor writing, though? <laughs> yeah, we're filling in gaps. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, it sounds like it at first until yeah. you actually listen to the, the detail. There's little details that they're giving Because it sounds like very, like, cliche things from a bad guy, and then, like, but it, bad it, writing, and then you connect. It sounds like it until, until you listen to this whole theory, this yeah. theory this guy did. They're, and it's like everything connects. Like, it's not even like a, oh, filling in the gap. It's like straight up. Like, the Oracle tells Neil, you're not the one. The Oracle it, it, calls Agent no. Smith, you're a bastard. You're We're not making a good mom. case, but it would be naive for us. Like, if you hear the, all the details, it'd be naive for us to think, like, oh, they got lucky because that fits. No, nah, I'm giving them a little bit more credit because now that means a lot of shit makes too much sense. I feel like this theory is mm-hmm. like, blah, 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 and then the government's responsible for 9-11. <laughs> That's jumping a lot of ships. But, Actually, okay. this theory is way tighter than the 9-11 I think so. Theory. It really is. <laughs> I think so. Well, you know what? I'll send you the link, and then you can judge for yourself after you sure, hear all of it. Because sure, that's a sure. little bit fair. Maybe we're not doing it justice. Um, damn, I forgot. I think it's Film Theory, the name of the subscriber. I think it's called Film Theory. Hey, what's up, buddy? We're here with uh, Oscar. The I, If you remember the last podcast, episode 9, we did with Keith and Yoshi. It's uh, it's Keith's big-ass cat. The, uh, that just It looks like it ate another cat and became that kind of thing. I don't know. Anyways... All right, so anyways, we'll move on, we'll move on. I'll send you the link, though. You yeah, judge sure. for yourself after that. It'll, it'll be fun. Uh, there's this big difference between Ninja Turtles 1 and the second <laughs> Ninja Turtle movie. Weapons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Wait, what? what? It all had to do with parenting being uh, offended that there were, it was too violent, the first one. And it's the a movie. first movie is like this amazing movie, but it's really dark. Yeah, yeah tell me this thing, because I don't remember much of them. It's meant so, for kids, and yeah. the parents got mad because it was too violent. So, so my friend has this theory that, like, when you watch the second one, you know, the Ninja Turtles, they're not good at being ninjas no longer. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, they, instead of being able to hide in, like, the, the you know, split second. Exactly. All of a sudden, like, now they're just, like, hiding behind a curtain and you <laughs> see their feet sticking out. And, like, they, they're constantly like, what's up, dude? We're ninjas. Yeah, Except they're more valuable. Like, the end where they totally aren't concerned about people seeing them. You're excluding mentioning Vanilla Ice in oh, the background. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but my, my one friend had this theory that, like, once they left the sewers, they, hang, they started hanging out with April and uh-huh. they just started getting, like, high all the time. And, and losing their discipline. Pizza. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's why, like, this, the second movie is this, like, really goofy movie. Yeah. It's just a bunch of stoners at that point. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, dude. Yeah. You don't buy it? I buy it. I'm no, sold. What's, what's the second um, movie about? I don't remember. 
The Secret of the Ooze. It starts it's off right. with a bunch of white guys with pantyhose on their faces. Yeah. Like, robbing a mall. Like, they have, like, Casio keyboards. Have you seen the, the dubs over it? Like, Nigga Turtles, it's called. I was just about to bring that up. Yes. Ni- uh, I'm from Long Beach. Like I said, Nigga, Tur- Nigga Turtles is, uh, please, please do yourself a favor and look that up on YouTube. Because it's a nine-part episode the where these off. fucking genius dudes. Okay, <laughs> look. Know. You got to look yeah. this up. Because they, they edit both the movies all together. Where they make their own whole different storyline, a completely, but they overdub it with, uh, like, you know how they do that for like the football things where they're, they, yeah, okay, they do the same thing, but for uh, episodes of uh, like four minute episodes of of the Nigga Turtles, because <laughs> it's just a bunch of black dudes like uh, speaking for them, and it's fucking funny. Uh, like for one of the one of the funniest lines to me is in like the second episode where uh, Leonardo is kind of like the kind of like a little nerd. About women, like he wants women to be treated with respect, and Raphael is more of a thuggish. He's a thug, right? He's so, yes, <laughs> yeah. So, so Leonardo steps up to Ralph and tells him, like, Ralph, you can't treat women like that. You gotta be, you gotta be nice. You gotta be a gentleman. And then uh, uh, Ralph uh, straight up goes like, first of all, don't be talking to me shit with that crip shit. I'm blood. Don't talk to me with that crip shit on your head right now. <laughs> you know, it's one of the best lines in the whole series, dude. Anyways, if you're at home and you're listening, please look up Nigga Turtles on on YouTube, and it's fucking awesome, dude. Fucking awesome. <clears throat> because it backs my theory about them being stoners all the time. So that's actually a really good thing. Everybody should write that down somewhere, man. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like that one, yeah. It's like the whole theory, which I don't think is a theory anymore now, now that I'm an adult. Uh-huh. Scooby-Doo. Oh, that yeah, though, come on. That's that's a well-known fact. It's pretty obvious. That's a well-known well, fact. As a, as a kid... I, I heard that theory. Like, no, they wouldn't do that. Like, well, how old are we kid talking here? Because you should know about weed at least by the time you're ten, you know. Yeah, but it, it didn't seem plausible. Yeah. That Scooby Doo and Shaggy would do that, you know. But uh, what's gonna call it? Um, that secret of the ooze. Bring it up. Uh, that same ooze that turned the Ninja Turtles into Turtles. Turtles. Uh, it's the same ooze that Daredevil was. Got blinded with and gave him his superpowers. I don't know if you know, but there's a little. Even though Ninja Turtles aren't Marvel, it's the same writers that was giving that as an homage to. Was it really? So when you know, like wow. in the famous origin story where like that chemical uh, compound that um, blinds you know a Daredevil as a kid, well it leaked into the sewers and that's where the Ninja Turtles were. That it leaked into Splinter and the Ninja Turtles and it caused it. So it's one of those cool little connecting things. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's a comic book. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those comic book little uh, history facts things, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And obviously, Ninja Turtles... Yeah, Netflix, right? Yeah. It was Daredevil show, right? Yeah, of course. That's Shit a great, awesome. great show. But that's actually the whole point of the Foot Clan, the foot. <laughs> it was, uh, it's kind of like a... Oh, to the hand. To the hand, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things, paying, you know, homage slash satire, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, it's wow. pretty cool. Are you guys, you're in a comic sign, I'm assuming, since you were... I, I have been. In I know Vu is, yeah. Past. Yeah. I mean, uh, you dabbled it, in it. <laughs> it's been like 10 years since I was in school, 11 years, something like that. Like, I was big. Like high school or, uh, or college? Uh, I went right from high school to this, uh, uh, the Joe Kubert school, which is in okay. uh, New Jersey. Where you can learn how to be a comic writer? Yeah. And um, at the time, it wasn't really cool to be into comics. Yeah. And now, like, everyone knows shit about comic books. What like, was that, like, ten, uh, 10 years ago, you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. Cause you were a nerd back then. It went from, like, 90s, like, super-duper popularity in comic books. Yeah. And then it just dropped down to, like, there to the was, movie. like, five yeah. losers in the cafeteria that read comic books. Yeah. And 
then now like it's cool to like comic books again and have backpacks with Iron Man on. Yeah, it. well, it's all thanks to you know the movies and sure. shit. Yeah, um, but so I mean like uh, I don't know. Throughout my years, like I've read the giant, you know, the 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 the, the best stories ever. You know, the uh-huh. Sin Cities, the Three Hundreds, of the, course, yeah. Uh, the Frank Miller Daredevil. That's that's uh, literally every every book you said is a Frank Miller book right now. Um, Are you a big fan of his or what? Uh, uh, Danger Girl Battle. Okay. Uh, I got to give more things. Gen thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, things like that, but I mean, like I haven't I haven't really followed anything in the last couple years. But I, you're I, you I, were I, that's what you went to school for, so I'm assuming you had a passion for it, right? Uh, what was your favorite like comic book uh, heroes growing up or the books that you loved to read growing up? Um I was I always enjoyed X Men. Um, oh okay yeah. Hated Batman. No, <laughs> no <laughs> Batman's awesome. I'm obsessed with I Batman as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it more depended for me it more was uh, I paid more attention to who the artist was. Oh okay. So um I think as a kid that was me. As a kid, it was really like all about arting and arts, and uh, you know, you you love to draw. But as I got older, it definitely paid attention to who the writers were. Well, when I was a kid, it was one of those things where I would go to a comic book shop and go in the bin that was like a uh, cheap the, a pile of comics <laughs> yeah, for Of course, yeah. And you know, that's when um, like things like graphic novels wasn't really a commodity. Right. So they didn't, uh, uh, writers didn't really focus on a story continuing for yeah. seven issues. They want to sell issue at There'd a time. There'd be like two issues. They made it so that anyone could just pick up an issue of a comic book Where and read start it off, yeah. and kind of be fulfilled through it. Like, That's a good know, point, yeah. And people's comic book collections were this like mishmash of just Random, things that they yeah. came across, things that they traded with friends, things you found at garage sales. That's absolutely now, me as a kid, yeah. it's like, if you have, you know, uh, 251, 252, yeah. you're going to need to have 253 yeah. and 254. That's uh, a good point. Story arcs were very, kind of invented. Long story arcs. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely know. Because actually, that's how I got back into comics. Actually, the way I got back into comics was working at the Lakewood Mall. Uh, working at McDonald's, but I'm still in high school at the time, right? But uh, and I'm like, what is a high school kid? You know, <laughs> there's only so much weed you can buy, right? So I started, you know, I, I just started went to go buy comics, yeah, right? Because <laughs> there was a comic book store. It's actually Rob Van Dam's comic book store, RVD Five Star Comics. I don't know if you guys were in the wrestling for a while or no? No, oh, no? okay. Well, Rob Van Dam, you know, heard of him? No. He was okay. Fuck it. He was in the Black Mask Two movie. Did you ever see Black Mask? I did. With Black Jet Man, Li. Not Black Mask Two. Okay, so Black Mask Two was with Donnie so, like, Yen. Col- oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, Kung Lee. Oh yeah, Kung. <laughs> well, this was before he was a big, big name in the. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, it's always been a big name. Before in the states, I said oh, before okay. he was a big man. He didn't become a big name in the states till after Blade Two. No, nah, not even Blade Two, right? In, uh, Shanghai Nights. Yeah, Shanghai Nights when he was a villain. I think that was the first time. You know? <laughs> okay. I would like Hong Kong cinema too, just so you know. <laughs> so I'm kind of into that. Anyways. Um, Hong Kong cinema is all about Chow Young Fat, man. Oh, man. I love fucking. Chow Young Fat Our was world. really like the Clint Eastwood of fucking. Oh, like, her monk. Why did it go quiet? Squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch a, a Better Tomorrow? Mm, that's a great movie. I mean, uh, not two. You're talking about uh, the one with. Uh, what's his face? The new ones? No, no, no. Uh, Charlie Felton both. Uh, I'm tripping. I think I'm thinking Better Luck Tomorrow. Is that what you said? No, no. No, you said a Better Tomorrow. Better I'm sorry. Tomorrow. I'm thinking Better Luck Tomorrow. That. Uh, anyways, go ahead. The scene where he, he forces the the guy that's trying to squeeze money from his business mm-hmm. forces him to eat rice. No, I don't remember that. Too, I'll show you that. Scene yeah, later. please. I'll explain it later, but. Chaeyoung Fudd really grew on to me because I liked that his style was different from everybody else in the Hong Kong cinema. You're gonna get a. Uh, 
a fantasized way of fighting, that kind of thing. Chow Yun-Fat's movies were really more... Down and gritty. Yes, very, very just like like cop movies, like Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah. No, yeah, that's how it's going to work. So he, he really has a cool little... Yeah, yeah. Like, up until his arrival on the movie scene in Hong Kong, it was all like kung fu fancy moves. Yes. He was the first one that came in and just like grabbed the guy by the throat and just started... Exactly, like, yeah. Holy shit, like this looks real. <laughs> Authentically badass kind of thing, yeah. And it doesn't hurt that, you know... In Asia, most most guys around there are like five six. Oh yeah, five, seven. And he, yeah. Chinese fat was like six one. <laughs> so, so he's like a genuinely badass guy in Hong Kong. Like, dude, this guy's fucking huge. You know, like he got hit with some ooze. Yeah, and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, he um, like um, I think he even made his name to the states here with a few. He did a few like, action yeah, movies. Uh, um, replacement, replacement killers. killers. Uh, he did uh, the contract the con- with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, but uh, you know, con- uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which won the you know the award that year. That's when he was. But he was never supposed to play that role. He, I, that role was supposed to that was offered to Jet Li. But the only reason Jet Li turned down was because his wife was pregnant and he wanted to spend that time at home. But little did he know that it looked to him it's just another regular like. Yeah, act- Jet Li already made his name. Exactly, his but you know, but that well, would have been even bigger. Exactly, because that movie yeah. won. I think that it won best foreign film, right, for the Oscar. I think so. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't a very good movie. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I as liked far it. as Hong Kong kung fu yeah. movies go, I thought the story was really sweet and it was different. Uh, I liked it. I think it was something the academy could get behind. Just exactly. Because it was like a fantasy, like yeah. love story. And the scenery like, was great. Fly. I thought it was yeah. beautiful. Oh, the sure, cinematography sure. was beautiful. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Oh, what is that movie that Jet Li was in? Where he told the story to the king. Oh, so, flying daggers? No. Where he told the story to the king? What? He told he told the story to the emperor. Like to get closer to the emperor so he could assassinate him. Flying daggers? Hero? No, it wasn't hero. hero. Was it hero? Yeah, I think it was uh-huh. hero. You're talking about the one where each color had a different scene? Yes. I know what you're talking about. Hero. I, yeah, yeah, that beautifully shot. Was beautifully. it the last martial arts movie he ever did or the last last martial arts <laughs> movie he ever did? <laughs> I don't know. You know, he kept talking to people about like, yeah, I'm done after this one. And then yeah. He came back with like another one. Uh, you know, you hear that another from all one. those guys. It's like fighting in the cage. You know, you never want to let it's like it go. Jay Z retiring. You know. I guess. <laughs> make that comparison. That's his blueprints part two or something. Here, um, you know what I saw recently. Speaking of those movies, have, uh, if you haven't, please check it out on Netflix. But it's called uh, 1911. It's a Jackie Chan movie, but yes. it's not your typical. You seen it? It's not your typical Jackie Chan movie. Uh, it's actually he plays a serious role. Yeah. Well, um, I was gonna say the same thing of the Dragon Blade, which I saw recently, but because, but it, uh, okay, have you ever seen the He's last? Just looking for his uncle. Uh, no, that's <laughs> funny though. I get that. Uh, no, have you ever seen the Last Emperor, which was back in ninety two, ninety three, one best? Oh, movie? you saw way it way back when. Yeah, way back when. Okay, so, but that that movie uh, was about the fall of the imperial imperialistic, you know, just the royalty uh, aspect of China. And then how it became a democracy after that, or uh, not democracy necessarily, but it just it left with emperors. It was done with emperors, and that's hence the last emperor. That was from the emperor's point of view. This movie, nineteen eleven, is from the rebellion's point of view, and it really gives you a really good like. I was dude, I saw it just because Jackie Chan, and as I'm watching the movie, like, oh no, this is a really good movie. Like, this is really really solid. And it's uh, if you haven't had a chance, check it out because it's it's really if you like history. Uh, just world history it, it, that's perfect for that it literally goes dates each scene is a different date and it tells you how and re, it's a rebellion movie so it's kind of like watching like a Chinese Braveheart you know what I mean so it's kind of cool like that kind of shit I, I love I love shit like that you know just uh, and historical pieces from here I you know because uh, I was in history no I'm kidding because <laughs> historical pieces from here you know I, I just love them a little bit a little more than 
and normal things. Have you, you haven't seen it yet? You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I know what you're talking about. I he looks like story. M. Bison on the cover. <laughs> yeah, I know the story. I just yeah, haven't seen the actual movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, you're half Chinese yourself, right? Yeah. Half Chinese and half Vietnamese? Yeah. Okay. So, so you got a little history. Chinese, Chinese, Vietnamese, yeah. Japanese. <laughs> Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese. Yeah, so. look at these dirty knees. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, right I got, I got. Uh, I'm Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Mine is Korea. They don't count. Mm. Korea's like a bootleg. Japan. How dare you? I just saw that documentary with uh, Red... Um, uh, fucking uh, basketball player. How about like Dennis Rodman? How did I blink on the name? Have you seen that documentary yet? Dennis Rodman did a documentary. Uh, somebody did a, docu- a documentary that Dennis Rodman is in, where where he visits uh, North Korea because he became friends with Homeboy. Oh, is it all skewed? Um, no, it's 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 an uh, in his eyes you can tell it's skewed, but it's an honest depiction of what's really going on. And he's very ignorant to a lot of things, and it's kind of kind of sad to see that shit. It's pretty funny though. It's it's pretty interesting. Like, oh shit! It gives you definitely a, a detailed look at. He gets. I'll just put it this way. He gets drunk a lot at the celebrations at the dinners for him, and he makes an ass out of himself a lot. It's like this is great. What is this called? Yeah. Oh shit! Behind. I can't. I can't. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you, but it came out recently, and uh, you, I, I doubt you really that. I gotta see this, dude. Just look up uh, on Google the Dennis Rodman documentary. North Korea, I'm sure it's the first thing that pops up. You know, I, I want to go to North Korea. I want to take one of the tours. Yeah, I don't know if you heard they open to tourism now. Yeah, but isn't it like controlled tourism? Yes, or, yeah, that's right. why I want to yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> okay, they're like, oh, we're gonna go to this 200 story hotel, and your your room is on like the 57th floor, and everybody's always on the 57th. Of floor. course, yeah. But you cannot leave the 57th floor, and apparently some people have gone <clears> to the other floors, like try to get there, and there's nothing there. It's all empty. So it's like the 57th floor is the only floor that has actually any room. That sounds it. like a horror movie too. The 57th floor. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you can go to the roof and go to like the bar, go to the basement and go play the games or yeah. something like that. I'm, I'm, I don't remember clearly, but it's like it's all fixed. Yeah, of it's, course. That's what I heard. I would love to go. But, but I heard not. it's only for like offered to reporters and diplomatarians. No, you know? can, anybody can do it now. You can huh. go to the, the D, was it? The DMZ, yeah. The, the DMRK. Oh, okay. The DMRK website that... Demographic was it? I don't know what the fuck it's. Yeah, Republic of Korea. Yeah, Republic. Yeah, yeah. What do you say? I was gonna say you should be careful. This this podcast is huge in North. Oh yeah, they love us (laughs) over there. No, no, the issue. Yeah, they can't even download it though. They got a fucking internet. They don't even have lights. (laughs) But uh, here's the downside. Uh, You have to send them your passport. Yeah, and they'll take care of everything. Yeah. You just show up. So hence the, like, eight months later? <laughs> yeah, but the downside is, like... Can you trust them with that? that they, I guess they do a background check, so I don't know if me and you go. Like, yeah. Oh, these guys were in the Marines. Like, yeah. Yeah, we show up there, and it's like, hey... I'm like, oh, I know. guys that went on the tour? Yeah. They walked away from the tour. We don't know what happened. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we're like, ah, sarang, hey, annyeong. You know, we're like, that kind of shit. Come on, you know? Like, I don't know, man. That's interesting, though. I definitely... If I had the option, I would definitely risk it. hundred percent of risk. I, just, I totally yeah, have hundred. I you know I've seen enough fucking spy movies. I can I can take right. it. You know, <laughs> no. But then you think about it, this guy killed his fucking uncle's whole family just because they disagree with him. That's crazy. You know, like yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of things. Yeah, factor. but I think we hit up the, the U.S. embassy before we go. Like, hey, we could charm our way, right? Yeah, this is this is where we're going. My buddy's in South Korea right now at the DMZ zone right now. Yeah, yeah uh, tell Marine him, buddy. Yeah. Hey, this is where we're gonna be. You know, if you don't hear from us. It's funny because he's literally like it's one of those things where you can't like, as soon as you cross over everything. So he's literally taking pictures and it's the other guards like right there on his back and that kind of shit. 
It's it's so crazy to me. Well, and that uh, that one documentary from like National Geographic, mm-hmm. oh, I think South, it was South Korea. South Korea had a body yeah. that had floated down river. Yeah, and, and they, they were to... like yelling to yeah. the other side, like, "Yo, we have a body." Yeah, and they were just <laughs> we have one of your soldiers' bodies. <laughs> yeah, like they're just can't do shit once that is just literally. That's crazy. Just literally a foot, a, t- a foot this way, a foot that it's way. It's like a balance yeah. beam. Yeah, and it's a thing where like if they do give something to the other side, there's like soldiers that are holding on to soldiers to make sure that they don't get like pulled, pulled in yeah and it's on both sides uh-huh. like if you're on the south side you might get pulled over to north side and then now they have like a bargaining chip so okay yeah, but I can only you're imagine. on the north side and you're trying to like escape yeah like, then they have like two guys like strong arming you i like, bet man that's so crazy uh, and it's just like a balance funny, like the guy from the north side like hangs up to himself oh no they're pulling <laughs> right. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> I know. It's it's so crazy I how like, what was it within South like Korea? twenty years when that capitalism went you know in, in South Korea? It's now one of the richest countries in in fucking Asia. That's fucking. You see crazy. the satellite image of North and South Korea. Yeah. Like all the lights. Yes, and then all the was someone's phone ringing. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's the phone that yelled Yoshi when it got a text. I think it's yours. Yoshi. <laughs> That's Yoshi. so funny. Have you ever been anywhere like uh, to the Asian or uh, Pacific uh, or anything? Like that? No, I mean I, I've only been on a plane like a handful of times. Oh, I've okay. never been to like Europe or Asia. Uh, or... So just around America, you yeah, travel a lot around America. I was in Coast, uh, Coast Costa Rica. Rica. No, I wasn't. Costa Mesa, was in... <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I was down the street. Yeah. Um, no, I was in uh, like the Dominican Republic. Once. Okay, yeah, that's I mean, saying. Like, that's, I've never been. Yeah, it. that's saying something. Yeah. Um, uh, for me to get to to here to, to Los Angeles, I, I drove across uh, the United States, and that's like the first time I've really been uh, the whole cross country thing. Yeah, East Coast. Yeah, I, I'm very like are ignorant you, to the rest of the world. Are, just... are, are you enjoying that whole thing? Like, uh, I mean, there's obviously a dynamic and difference between the two coasts or whatever. But are you thinking? Are you uh, are you noticing a thing? Are you, is a negative way that you like home better or a positive way that you like home? Um, well, when I left. So, so born and raised in New Jersey, spent mm-hmm. like 28 years there. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, so by all means, you know. <laughs> um, I got to make a trip down to, you know, the whole tri-state area. Uh, I, uh, and before that, I had, I've been to San Diego once. I've gone for like Comic-Con. Oh, cool. Um, but other than that, I was just mostly up and down the East Coast. Uh-huh. So I knew that moving to LA, like, yeah, you know what? Why don't I make it a bit of an adventure? So, yeah. Uh, the artist in me wanted to stop in each state and do a bit of art. <laughs> something and, like that, yeah. yeah That's cool. Do a book at the end, something like that. The children's book, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> no, kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, there's stuff on the wall over there that okay. I started doing, like some paintings. Um, but once you leave New Jersey and then you're in, like, Pennsylvania, Ohio, yeah. all of a sudden you start hitting, like, that, like, Bible belt. Dude, and, uh, man. All of a sudden, I'd be driving. And there'd just be a billboard that said Christ. Dude, I know. <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, Dude, or... I, I lived in Oklahoma for uh, combined maybe almost two years. I, I Trust me when I know about Bible Belt of America. And I did like, uh, you know, because I'm a comic, uh, open my comic. But uh, I tried to do it over there. <laughs> no, none of my jokes fucking hit. They don't like that smell of pussy jokes. No, they don't like any oh, kind of like shit. That? No, no, they don't. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. You don't even get booed off stage. You just get, like, disgusted off stage. You know, it's that kind of thing. You know? Disapproved yeah. off stage. Yeah. jokes are working over there? I went to a place and they didn't know who Jesus was. Ah, uh, oh. You know, like, what the fuck? I, dude, none of, it, none of it hits. You're driving down the highway and there's a billboard that says... Um, 
Uh, where will you spend eternity? And then, oh, trust me, I know like, 20 about. feet from that is another billboard that says, Hell is real! Exclamation <laughs> point. No, no, uh, uh. Hell is uh, in Israel? Why would they think <laughs> Hezra, he, the Hell Jews? is real. Oh, Israel. <laughs> no, go ahead, yeah. But no, like, website, no, like, uh, brought to you by just, the church. Blah, blah, yeah, blah, just blah, no one promoting just, shit. <laughs> yeah, just like a public service announcement. Like, where will you spend eternity? Hell's real. We don't, need, we don't need credit. God gets all the credit. Yeah, I guess, man. Or just yeah. a, a board nailed to a tree at an intersection that just says Jesus on it. <laughs> like I don't know what kind of response. That was that was my cousin. He was planning. Uh, you know, he's working on landscaping back then. He put Jesus. You know, he put. Oh, in, oh, yeah, gotcha. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. He's very proud of the. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, hey, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus planted these. Yeah, 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 something like that. That's horrible, Mexican ass. I don't know why I did that. With <laughs> yeah, something like that, man. Yeah, dude, I trust me. I know about that. But um, but now living here in you know yeah, yeah. SoCal, uh, how do you like it? Coming across very different than once I got to LA, like very similar to living outside New York, that area. Yeah. Uh, biggest difference is just people driving awful. Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I saw more accidents here in two days than I did driving across America. <laughs> um, yeah, it rains here and people lose their damn minds. You know, I just came from the North Cal. You know, I was like, I travel a lot for work. And I just came, I spent a couple months up in, uh, near, kind of near Oakland, near San Francisco. And the driving is so much worse up there. And I don't know if it's the increase in Asian population that is up there or not, but I'm sorry. I don't even, but they lose their minds up there. I think they're got to be a little bit better. Sorry to me. I'm what? Because cool. your name. I'm cool. I'm with it. I'm just saying we almost crashed twice on the way to Radio Shack, which is a mile away. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's the biggest thing, just traffic-wise? Uh, that's all I've really noticed mm-hmm. i mean uh you know living living outside of new york city i'm, I'm kind of used to the big like, city thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah like people large population of, mm-hmm. uh being hip and trendy and, <laughs> yeah and, and like nice cars and uh once you get to like a major like, city it's all pretty much the same thinking things like that but mm-hmm. like then it's like those little things like uh you know yeah um, subcultures yeah, yeah, that yeah. everybody has subcultures yeah like yeah, no, no shit. Like I just uh, maybe a month ago, I was in Chicago, first time in Chicago, and it's the same thing, dude. This is just a big city. As long as you're willing to drink, and someone's willing to drink with you, you can have a good time. It sure. was that kind of mentality, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, um, like across the country, like people are just people, no matter where right. you go. But it, it seems here, like um, people are a little bit more concerned about themselves or what's going well, on. Well, see, this like, is exactly what I was talking to Vu about. Like, you're, this L.A., because this is the first time I've ever been out here to Sherman Oaks. This L.A. is way different from this the other L.A. Or There's like seven different L.A.s, you know what I mean? That's another yeah. thing I'm getting used to, yeah. is the idea that there's a city that I'm living in that's like 40 miles. <laughs> yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me still. <laughs> that's, uh, like, you know, like, where I was living in New Jersey, that was like a half an hour from Right. Manhattan. So, I mean, like, by LA standards, I was still in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, you know? technically. Yeah. Which is like weird. It's like a really weird idea. Well, like especially because, like I said, I travel, so I talk to different people, and they find out I'm from like Long Beach, or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's oh, so they have a whole in mind in their head what they think of what where I live in LA is like because you watch, you know, because I live literally like. Uh, borderline with Compton they watched her at Compton so they think they know where my neighborhood is like no that's not really necessarily it or because you used to love Beverly Hills 90210 when you were a kid you think that's where I live like, negative man I do not live there you know so it's always like you can get a different kind of LA depending on where you your area code people thinking 
Well, New, oh, Jersey New Jersey thing? Well, this is what... Oh, it, in, I instinctively, so. I think two things when I think of New Jersey, from my, from my point of view, because I love Kevin Smith, so I think of Leonardo, I think of Red Bank, you know, that whole tri-state area, I think of that, and then I think of whole, like, you know, that Jersey... The, obviously, the Jersey Shore bullshit that everybody knows and other things, but how different... How off am I from that kind of thing? Um, Those are the kind of two things well, I get I mean, from the... the thing I always hear is that New Jersey is gross and disgusting. Mm. People fly in, and the major airport... Newark, is, yeah. Is, ...is Newark, yeah. New Jersey, which is... In the middle of Newark, yeah, which is a big, gross city, and like oh, where I, I got raided. <laughs> my first night, my first night in New Jersey, uh, I rented a place in Newark, uh-huh. like just a room out of a house, and uh, you know, just so I could start work at that company we worked at, that shall not be named. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> no props. But uh, the first night I was there, the next, the, I, I slept. Next morning, cops kicked down the door and raided the place. And, hey, you have to get out. This is an illegal place. She's not supposed to be renting this out. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You're caught there, digging your I'm head like, and everything. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And the cops, like, looking at me. The funny thing is the cop had a, uh, on his cover, uh-huh. on, his, on his hat, he had a little EGA. EGA, of course. Yeah, so I talked to him. I'm like, oh, you in the Marines? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I just got here last night. I yeah. just moved here. You weren't in trouble. Yeah, well, no, they were kicking us out. And he's all like, I'm like, what can I do? And he's like, yeah, you need to go get your deposit back if you can. And so I did. I went and got the deposit mm. back. It's that subculture slash, it's like a little fraternity. As soon as you see an EGA with somebody, like, oh, okay, we know what's up. They're going to treat you a little bit different, you know. But it, I've, I've found that happening to me a little bit, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touch dicks. That happened to me on a, on a serious occasion where, like, you know, some shit went down where, uh, um, how to put it without exposing us <laughs> like, uh, like a fight kind of thing and it was like his word against mine type thing cop was a marine mm. took my side and I didn't get charged with shit you know that kind of thing and it, it really is there's something to that where like um, you paid your dues and you're kind of like getting paid back for it I think because being in the marines sucks a big one but there's some benefits to it you know what I mean that kind of thing yeah. Well, in the in the grand scheme of, of New Jersey, when you yeah. think of the worst areas, there's Camden, New Jersey, which was the homicide capital of America. My name is Earl. I'm, my name is Earl. One of fair shows, and they were always talking about Camden. Yeah, um, how being the worst. That's where like video cameras were the police over there, right? Yeah. Well, they mm-hmm. they eliminated uh, eliminated like fifty percent of the police force. Yeah. And then they installed these cameras. Yeah. And I guess like it ended up uh, actually, working. Yeah, working because mm-hmm. there was these like. They were so sensitive that that if a gunshot went off, mm-hmm. like cameras, like they oh. all like focused in on an area and they instantly knew who was coming and going from that area. Well, that's clever. Um, Maybe that should they tell you something about now. They should do that now. Yeah, they, they but, do that in England and crimes <laughs> way low. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, it was like Camden, New Jersey, yeah. like Newark mm-hmm. is a bad place, like Patterson, New Jersey, mm-hmm. and all that's like kind of up where I was in oh, North okay, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a joke that like, there's like North Jersey, Middle Jersey, and like South Jersey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really exist. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's where like Atlantic City is, Cape May, things oh, okay. like that down there. Um, yeah. But I'm from like the top, which is like 45 minutes from like the city. Um, it, when I say the city, it's New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got uh, you. I feel you. <laughs> I, trust me, I know a lot. I, I listen to enough podcasts from over there to well, know the difference. Well, now that I'm living in LA, it's mm-hmm. like completely different. I can't just be like, the city. Yeah, uh, northeast west, like (laughs) West LA is completely different Um, from East LA, right? But that's also like an hour and a half, two hours from like the Jersey Shore area, Mm -hmm. Um, and like that. See, that's a big difference. That's what kills me about like the hour because everywhere in LA, 
not traffic included, but it's about 20 minutes away from everything. <laughs> traffic included is about an hour away from everything. But that's what it kills me. They're like, oh, you're oh, I'm only an hour, an hour and a half away. Like, shit, man, that's a long time, dude, when, yeah. when uh, someone tells me that. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, the whole, like, Jersey show or TV show kind of yeah. gave us all in New Jersey, bad. like, a bad yeah. stigma just because we're, like, that. Was, those people were from, like, Staten Island. They yes. They weren't even from yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, and I know the um, difference. I do know the difference, yeah. Just because I watch a lot of shows and different podcasts. Like, that whole, them. like, I'm from Jersey. Yeah. I've never never met anyone in my life <laughs> that douchebag that, that douchebag fucking mentality <laughs> oh did you leave before she started i don't know who you're saying it's just <laughs> you said that a little too <laughs> that means a, there's a history there. there's a past <laughs> let's not bring it up on the podcast i get you no but uh um uh, i understand completely what you're talking about because that there is like a stigma that gets put with those when you see something on television yeah. it's embellished with everything yeah. you know well you, you, were, like, you were mentioning uh being a kevin smith fan like huge red fan, yeah. Bank, new jersey yeah. is right next to and that seems completely seasons. normal to me yeah. with, with, aside from the accident that looks like something from a major you know la or a fucking new york yeah you know? yeah. yeah i mean like uh even though we're from Jersey, I mean, like, I think in our heads we kind of see ourselves as being like, oh, yeah. we're that Tri City area, you know, we're like, we're, we're kind of, yeah, we're, we're, we're um, well, again, I think it's Manhattan a, Junior. You know, <laughs> like that. That's funny. No, I think it gives you a stereotype in a good way. Comes me specifically because all his scripts are written with really well dialogue. Say, in my head, everybody from New Jersey really spoke really uh, articulate, articulate with cuss words. And I'm like, fuck, that's the way I want to talk, you know? And that's like hell, fucking yeah, you know that kind of thing. But it's yeah, something I think I kind of lost when I was driving across country and then got here. Which yeah, is like my ability to curse every other word oh, that's uh, funny. Just because uh being on the road for that period of time you're like wow we sound like assholes yes we do like, that's something we picked up from the, the marines i'm sure you've noticed yeah when, when you curse all yeah. the time it makes you seem like you don't have a good vocabulary and that you can't express yourself in any Absolutely. other way than cursing i'm not even kidding this exact conversation happened on the last podcast with a fellow marine buddy of mine or a corpsman actually but he said like why are you cussing at me that's people are telling me like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not cuz oh yeah. shit, I just said fuck like five times in the conversation and didn't even notice it because it's just part of regular dialogue. Like not being angry at someone, it's but not. being like, hey, can you keep it the fuck down? Yeah, like, not even just being assertive and like, not e- it's not even you're not even comes to the head where like, damn, I did I sound like an asshole? No, you're you're yeah. just being you, right? Yeah. And I was like, I, I worked in a factory for a bit in New Jersey mm-hmm. and like that, like uh, just uh, curse words and like. Racial words and like it's like <laughs> it's you're part not, of the regular vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not absolutely. To offend anyone at all? Of course just, not. And you don't mean it in a malicious way at all. No. At all. <laughs> you're just being you. You're having a regular conversation. Absolutely. That's so funny, man. But I understand completely, and I get that all the time to this day. If you're ever meeting in-laws, or if I'm ever out somewhere meeting coworkers of my wife, and then it's like, oh man, what's up with your dude? He's so aggressive. Like, what? Yeah. What are you talking about? No, I'm not. You know that kind yeah, of shit. I, well, I mean, like if you're if you're eating at a barbecue place in Kansas mm-hmm. and someone's like, how is this? You can't good barbecue like, though. Fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> it is good though. <laughs> right. You just have to be like, this is the uh, greatest thing I've so, ever had. Oh, nectar of the gods. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I don't know. So and then they're like, thank you kindly, and you're like. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Oh, I, wa- I watched the Andy Griffith show. I can, re- oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you guys got you got to be Ned Flanders, basically, everywhere else in America. That's it. Yeah. I'm Dandy, like sour candy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like uh, you make a rhyme, you're all right. You just know, pretend you're in an episode of Mr. Rogers. You so, know, like, yeah, right. it's on Netflix. I just watched that show again with Sweet my kids. I just oh, watched Mr. that. Rogers? Yeah, Mr. Rogers, because I found it on Netflix. And I wanted to show Wait, my kids. It's on Netflix. And I wanted to show my kids, like, oh, look, check this out. I was a kid. And I was afraid that, like, oh, you know, like, it, you, you watch something from your youth and it's not going to hit the same way. And you want it to hit the same way for them that it did for you. 
like, damn, man, this is probably going to... Because it's, you know, he's talking the way Mr. Rogers talks. And I'm halfway into it, I'm thinking, like, ah, damn, man. It's a little too cheesy. But I'm looking over, and it, there's an episode, like, well, it's, damn, they're, they're, they're kind of teary-eyed. And I'm teary-eyed, like, oh, my God, damn, he still holds up. Mr. Rogers, uh, it was a, the first episode, if you look, he, he in, or not the, maybe the third episode, he interviews, like, a, a kid with, like, um, he's paralyzed from, like, everything down. Christopher Reeves type thing, but he's only, like, 10 years old. And I was like, oh, my God, he's having, but he's having an honest conversation with him, and he's being, like, treating him like a regular person. I was like, God damn it, why don't they make shows like this anymore for kids? This what is fucking amazing. Have real legs? He's literally, that, I, think, <laughs> I think that question came up, literally. But I was like, God damn, this still holds up, like, as much as it did, and it's, and it's in an honest, like, pure way. You don't have shows like that anymore at the, all. The more I... Ten years old, huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. The kid, yeah. I was like, that's fucked up. Can you imagine, like, just pulling him and be like, you'll never know sex. Ever. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's what I took away from that. That's exactly what I took <laughs> See, there is sympathy. And there's fetishes um, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's paralyzed with the neck down. He's not going to feel shit. I don't th- oh, did you say neck down? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I think he can barely move oh, his hands. I'm like, sure it doesn't Christopher Reeves, huh? Yeah. Either way. Dickless. <laughs> hey, he can still lick, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Jesus. That's right. Uh, the more I've learned about Mr. Rogers, the more he's just, like, a fucking inspiration and a hero. He's awesome, and, yeah. Um, I found out that, like, the whole reason he started that show was because he was, like, disappointed with the television that was for children uh, yeah. at the time. And that's, he went to different places trying to pitch the show. I didn't know that. Got he's that made. Pennsylvania, right? Um, that's where he started originally? Sure. I think so. I think, but there's a lot of like psychological aspects to the show. Yeah, like the way that like when he walks in, he's like, "Oh, hello, neighbor," and yes. he takes off his sweater and he puts on another thing and he yeah. changes his shoes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. I remember reading a thing that said like, as a child, the only persons you, the only people you really see uh, changing for quote you? unquote yeah. undressed yeah. is like your parents, parents or grandparents. And so that was supposed to, even that is supposed to make the child yeah. comfortable with watching Mr. Rogers. Because he's being vulnerable with you. That makes sense. Damn it. Yeah. Comfortable. Yeah, of I've course. I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know, that Shout makes sense because he's being vulnerable. Blue Moon. in a can. Blue Moon in a can, which is different from Blue Moon in a bottle, I think. I think. <laughs> Um, it's all the same to you. But, yeah, no, just things like that. It, it just blows me away. Like, the idea that, that like, those little things yeah. like that, that must make a difference. 100%. Subconsciously. So they're watching it. Subconsciously, so yeah. what they're seeing. And really, I was just wondering whether the white dude taking off his sweater in my living room. Oh, well, is that right? You never <laughs> had that before? Uh, like, no, I'm telling you. Any shows that you watched as a kid growing up? movies? Did any were there any shows for you that you watched as a kid that just like stayed with you? Growing up in Asia, yeah. How was it different? Really, really with Lavar, uh, what's his name, Lavar Johnson or something? Yeah, like yeah. Lavar Burton. Burton, Lavar, thank you. There we go. Yeah. But man, I got really racist. Realizing Johnson. That, <laughs> realizing. <laughs> Might as well say Tyrone Jackson. The, you know, it was one episode of Reading Rainbow that yeah. I realized he was the guy. Star, Star Trek? Trek. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> as a kid, I didn't make the connection. I was a big Star Trek. By the way, like for me, it was Star Trek <laughs> over Star Wars, so I got this right away. Yeah. But no, but I didn't. I, I guess I didn't grasp the whole concept of actors. Like I knew there were actors. I knew there <laughs> How old are you? I don't know. So I can make fun of you. How old are you? Like, you're seven. Oh, yeah, I can make fun of you. How do you not get the concept of it? No, no, I understood they were actors, but yeah. I, I didn't understand the concept that actors could play more than one role. Mm-hmm. Like, that, oh, it was the same guy playing two characters. Yeah. So I thought it was just, oh, you're an actor. This is who you play. All the time. Yeah, 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 all the time. Okay. So when there's one episode of Reading Rainbow where he goes, 
and this is where I work. And he takes the yes, kids on the Yes, I remember that. I remember that episode. He looks just like him. That's perfect. I remember like, that episode. Wait a minute. And it, fucking right there. Mind blown. Like, <laughs> holy he, shit. Then he put a mustache on and he was the black guy from Star Wars. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kando Cal- No, yeah. That's Lando Carus. Lando Carusian. That's Two-Face from Batman long, Returns. Yeah, among the clouds with us. That's... <laughs> That's how I do all right away. Batman, no, that was the same guy that played Harvey Dent in two rooms. This is the Cleveland show. That one you're Yeah. Mm, that's too funny, man. Look down. I thought, I thought you were him. Oh. It was amazing. It's really wow. Looks like us. What's going to call it? Uh, all right. Besides Mr. Rogers, ever in a daring show. Oh, Pee Wee's Playhouse for me. Did you guys ever watch that one? Yes. Fucking love that show. And I thought that was one of the I didn't realize first. it was an adult show first. Well, it was like a play, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't realize it was an adult show until he found out he was jerking off. Do you remember? Kid. Do you remember that as a kid when that came on the screen? Because I remember watching that on the news when that came out and it was revealed um, at the Pussycat Theater. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, or no? yeah. yeah and then I was mm-hmm. blown away because he looked so different. With the he, he had a he beard had and mustache. Hair, yeah, and a mustache, and like he just looked so uh, obviously. He looked like the kind of guy that would be caught yeah. <laughs> jerking off in a theater. It's a great point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I remember, and I remember like, oh man. I I remember thinking like what i remember thinking like what the oh wow it's it was a big conspiracy thing back then it was a big deal and i remember like what this is my hero peewee i love fucking peewee man that kind of thing um and i remember What's as i grew up oh you mean a conspiracy against no, no no not conspiracy i'm sorry that was a big deal like uh controversy is what i meant to say oh, gotcha. sorry about that i was like i've been drinking one? too <laughs> blue moon blue moon everybody uh no no but uh it was a big controversy like oh you know they canceled the show yeah. that whole thing yeah. And everyone's like, oh, what? And I remember asking my parents, why? What was he doing? That's, you know, and my parents didn't want to tell me. <laughs> then it was, as you get older, you find out. And I remember thinking, like, damn, what's the big fucking deal? Like, as I got older, when in the teenage years, I remember looking back, like, damn, he got fired for that? That's so fucked up, man. I, I remember the injustice. Like, bring Pee Wee back, that kind of thing, you know? Which, by the way, he is coming back now. I don't know if you guys knew that. Yeah. Uh, I think I heard it. Yeah. Uh, because didn't he have like a Broadway? He came back as thing? a Broadway thing. Now he's coming back as a movie, and that's coming straight to Netflix. Oh, yeah, uh, Pee Wee's oh. Christmas Adventure, and it's coming, I think, later uh, around Christmas time later this year. Well, I mean, like his his movie was a that was a Tim Burton movie. I remember yep. that movie being awesome. And Danny Jenny Elfman, Anna, yep. huge and uh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, like another thing with like children and just being like, you know, it's good to be you. Hi, you know, like oh my god, I close my eyes for a second, <laughs> like oh, that's you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it in years, but yeah, no, I remember. Uh, I want to say Saturday mornings watching. Yeah, watching. I think it was because I remember on CBS Channel Two. Uh, well, for us Channel Two, CBS. Um, I don't know what it was for you because I remember the commercials were this girl had pennies for eyes. I don't know if you know. <laughs> that was in between, and this was there was this pizza that talked. It, her, the olive on the pizza talked. Oh yeah, I'm getting really into minutia here. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's funny, though. I love shit like that from the youth, and I want that to transfer into the youth of our nation now. You know that? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, when you compare that to things that are on TV now, Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of goes, you know, sorry to do a throwback. Yeah, yeah. My my whole thing with children's books is uh, I have nieces and nephews, and I went to Barnes & Noble's one day, and I want to buy them books, and I was really disappointed in how down-to-earth children's work books were yeah it's very much like dirt on my shirt <laughs> and 
and like our first black president like a ghetto like, fucking great. dr like, zeus <laughs> well it's the same thing with like children's tv where it's like you know mm. can you point to the red square yeah <laughs> you found it yeah like, yeah where's my backpack you i do definitely like, I, I like the idea of like stretching kids imaginations yeah and, like you Not already just that... live in this world with like backpacks and fucking red shapes and stuff like, absolutely like, teach kids other things like, not just that but just not treating kids as idiots because i find sure. that there's a lot of that right now yeah don't talk things. down to them thank you that's the number one thing for, like what i do for my do not talk down to them and just talk to them as you would an adult and that would increase their vocabulary number one that would increase their understanding of things eventually and now you know but what you're gonna do when you talk to people when you talk to kids that don't know what you're doing or people you're gonna get questions you just gotta take the time and effort to answer those well, questions it, and explain. It's also so easy to lose a kid on like an iPhone and iPad, 100%. like uh, all this stuff. Like the internet's 100%. at their fingertips. Like why not? Which is a double-edged that sword. Time that yeah. they have where uh, a box on the ground can be a spaceship. Yeah. Oh and, my like, god. Teach yeah. Them that like and and when you yeah. have shows like Peewee's Playhouse, yeah, like, but, he's but very you, much. You, there's an app where it looks like a spaceship. No, it's a double-edged sword. It's, oh, okay. It is. I know you're Asian. Technology with you, I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it is a double-edged sword, I think. But for the most part, that whole creative creativity with playing outside, playing with your kid, playing with your hands, it's 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 a lost art. It's becoming a lost art. Oh, like what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Vu <laughs> just motioned this double jacking off motion. He's flying a plane. Yeah, that's a slinky. That's a slinky. Everybody wants the slinky. Let's Oh, there you go. I'm on board for that one, right? <laughs> but I mean, like, uh, there's something like going across country. I haven't seen kids playing outside. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. There's front. Lawns and no one's playing outside. I did see that in Michigan. That blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I walk outside the apartment in Michigan and there's kids like riding their bikes and kicking a ball around. I'm like, holy shit. And I, I realize it's a very different world. It's a very like, uh, our eyes are more open to how dangerous it is to like, just like your kids <laughs> yeah, but it's wander like, the world. But at the but same I mean, time, it's like Bill Burr's joke, you know, talk about like when you were a kid, you left the house without. Any identification, yeah. cell phone, nothing. You just yeah. went out without a care. Back at sunset. Just sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. back yeah. when the, the when sun the starts go going on. down. Yeah. He's like, I challenge you to do that as an adult. Leave your house with no car keys, no ID, <laughs> no cell phone, no credit cards, and turn the corner to where you can't see your house anymore and just not have a full-on panic attack. Like, what if, what if, what if something happens to me and I'm not going to know who I am? There's, like, de yeah, there's definitely something to that, absolutely. But I mean, like, I used to play, like, wiffle ball in, like, the, mm -hmm. the street that was, you know, down the street from my house. 100%, and, yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, kids lose that nowadays. They don't, they don't have yeah. that same, like... It's what they say that the more we get connected, the less we are connected. Yeah, sure. right? it's that you know, it's a cliche expression, but it is relevant. It absolutely is relevant to this day and age. And but a lot of it is just us being old timers. This is how I felt about. Yeah, back um, in our day, yeah. We used to play with them, because there is a, there is benefits to that, and like I um they stopped. This is for me relatable. They stopped teaching cursive in school. They stopped teaching cursive like cursive writing. They only you know. Teach. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Well, at least at the school where my kid is going. Now they teach you how to do dick pics instead. They teach you how to type, which oh. was like, <laughs> that's funny. But they teach you how to type, which was, for me, a lot of people were outraged. Like, how are you, dare you, you're, it's a lost art type thing. How are you not, and I, mean, I agree, look, it's lost art, but this is absolutely way more beneficial for them in the long run, for as adults. Yes. You're going to lean your nose. You, I would. You take, 
typing as a kid? Yeah. Well, sure. in middle school for I mean, me. It's, yeah. it's like the equivalent of them teaching children how to spot a witch or something. Like that. <laughs> okay. It's <laughs> not necessarily. What, is there an art form? I guess. Maybe. Close to that. That's a bad example. I love cursing. <laughs> no, but there, it was like definitely where a lot of people were outraged. Like, oh, no. How dare you? I want my kids not to lose that. Or this new generation is going to lose that. So like, ask them how often you write in cursive it's it's that kind of thing like well they're you know unless they're writing love letters to their girls every no, seriously, like yeah like, would you rather them learn yeah exactly it's more practical versus and you have to be simply for the fact that it's a lost art exactly you, you have, have to be amount of time to teach them yes. set amount of skills yeah like, by all means I, by, I, you know attempt to for everybody to I learn mean, both I didn't, I didn't learn how to jack off in school that's you completely you spent all these years practicing. Yeah, you know, right. like you didn't either. How completely irrelevant to this conversation, but thank you for bringing that. Up. No, I'm kidding. No, you're absolutely but right. That, though. That's that's a beneficial skill. <laughs> a stress yes. relieving, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but it yeah, it, it was one of those things. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, master baiter, right? That's what you could put. Something like that. Yeah, but it was just one of those things where, like, dude, you got to give it up. You know, this is old timey. You know, we don't know how to churn butter anymore. But you know, you got to give it up. It's one of those things. You know. Uh, and it's just evolving with the future. It's a good one. Evolve and I kind of, yeah, I kind of feel like that's the way we are with like, look, yes, our, uh, granted, like our kids may not be playing outside as much as they should, but they're definitely knowing how to download shit way quicker than I did learn. You know, that, I mean, they're just learning the, the modern day age and it's a, it's applying for their generation now. And if I'm trying not to look at it old timey, but there's still parts of me like, God damn it. If you knew what I knew, don't be a pussy. I just don't want them to be pussies. You know? At the same time yeah. uh, with that, I've heard that there's this lack of uh, like blue collar jobs. Okay. For instance, like welding, mm -hmm. the art of welding. Trade like, school shit. Yeah. Like um, they're going to be sending people to Mars. They need people to put these ships together. Yeah. Not everyone can be inside. Uh, making websites and programming and things like that. Great, they great point. People to actually build this stuff. Great point. And so, like, it, it's something like the numbers are very staggered. Where it's like a majority of these blue collar workers are in their like forties, and it's not to say that that's like, yeah. oh, you have to be dumb to be doing this. It's no. more like uh, the way I always looked at that is, I hate that people think that that it has to be one or the other. Why can't duality? Why can't we be? Why can't I know how to operate, uh, you know, operating system sure. at the same time? Know how to do, like we're putting limits on people in general. Like, oh, you know how to weld, so you're in this group of people. Oh, you know how to write code, so you're in yeah. this group of people. Like, let's why why can't we know both? You know, well, I mean, that's, like, that's the way you know. When I, I was feel a about kid, it. it was mm -hmm. still cool to make things like like box car, uh, yeah, uh, soap box, box car racers, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah soap yeah, racing, like, yeah, uh huh, or, absolutely, uh, yeah, or shoot rockets off in your backyard, things uh -huh, like that. Fucking and vinegar now, like, and yeah, absolutely. It just yeah. gave you all these different kinds of skills and made you like. You know, savvy to the world yeah. and like the, the different We're things. Good. Yeah, I do. I agree. Building the exact houses. I, I don't know. Like no, well, arts and crafts shit. Arts and crafts shit. Woods, words making stuff. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it should. And they should know that. Like I remember, like I remember, like two weeks ago, I realized that my kid didn't know how to play baseball. They didn't know how to play soccer. First thing You're I did. A terrible dad. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I travel a lot. <laughs> oh, but they can box the shit out of you, just so you know. Oh, I'm right, an MMA right, dude. Right. That's cool. I'm an MMA guy, so I was like, there's videos like not teaching. There's videos on YouTube where they're <laughs> they're on point, and I got a lot of hate mail, like not hate mail, but a lot of comments, bad comments, because I just so everybody knows, I mean, I they now wear headgear, okay? <laughs> Pre, anyways, they have a couple of fights on YouTube where they're whatever. Anyways, but I was like. I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, uh, they should know at least the base. Like, I was in Pee Wee soccer. I was in Pee Wee fucking baseball. Mm -hmm. They should have that at least the basic knowledge. First thing I did, went to Target, bought them the gear, and we just 
spend like at least an hour, you know, whatever, just working on it in the backyard or in the front yard, you know, just throwing balls around, playing catch. I'm like, this is what you need to know. At least the basics to how sure. these moves work, you know, the minimum. And uh, and it was just the kind of thing like, damn, th- th- it's a good skill to have in the back of your head, even if you don't do it as a as a town ta- um, uh, as a hobby, if you don't do it as a job, I don't care. But you need to learn this as you need to have this in the back of your head. You know, it's gonna you're, it's gonna help you, and you're gonna apply it to anything you do in the future. That kind of thing. And um, people are losing that. Like like you called it. You know, everybody's just on their eye. They can fucking, yeah, they can upload whatever they can as soon as they can. But they're losing the basic skills that they need to function as a regular human, you know? When I got laid off from my multimedia job, yeah. I considered jumping back in to, like, another studio and yeah. getting just, like, another job. But I, I, I was volunteering at a farm. And then from there, I got this job at a factory. That's interesting. Factory, Both of these things are interesting, and, yeah. And, um... For for me, I think it's interesting. Uh, it's a good idea to just be this like well-rounded person where you're well-rounded person. working That's with it. different people mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't work with, learning yeah. different skills that maybe they don't uh, like pertain to your regular like life. But it's just it, it gives me this like well well-rounded. Absolutely. Like, at the end of my life, I'll be able to look back and be like, I had twenty-five different jobs throughout the course of my life. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It was a way to make me hungry to be an artist again yeah because i knew like here's people that are working this job like every day and they're going to be working it for, for the their next lifetime years yeah because <laughs> they have a wife and kids and they have nothing else yeah like, i have a skill that i can fall back on yeah that like people are envious of yeah absolutely um, but i think it's the same thing like with children i think you need to teach them all these different things yes just so that Number when one, they're 18, yeah. they're not just like, oh, I'm going to go to college to learn computers. Yeah, they have like, maybe options. Maybe they don't want to go to college. Maybe exactly. they want to learn how to build air conditioner units yeah. or work on spaceships. <laughs> I'm Asian. You know how that shit works. <laughs> like, Doctor, like, lawyer, that's it. That's a stereotype you're falling into. Well, I just mean like... For, for a very long time, we were like shoving it into kids' heads like you mm. need to go to college. And that's then true. As a result, that's, that's very true. My, my, my own my own parents uh, my mom freaked out that I didn't want to go to college to be a businessman a doctor or a lawyer like I'm, I'm gonna go do art and she's like that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life and that's 100% different from like that's uh, you know that subculture that you're a part about that stereotype that's something very very creative and it's you know from what and I she, found well, it's different in her mind it was about the reputation the reputation yeah. and the money the success factor you know yeah and after she's she's like oh you work in movies and she's like she saw my first paycheck she's like wait this is your first paycheck like out of college yeah junior i was like yeah she goes holy shit and all of a sudden she's like you know this is not a bad career i'm like oh <laughs> wow mom thanks yeah that's terrible by the way i'm marrying a mexican woman too yeah like, what the fuck like <laughs> well i mean like your your success story like how many people leave college and they have tons of debt and now they're like a barista or they work at best buy very or true like that like and it's more that... of that than actual tradesmen Be- because they're falling like, you yeah. could be making a hundred thousand dollars building air conditioner units and it... like people don't think that that's like because they're falling into yeah. that college trap yeah. And it is that, you know, and don't get me wrong. I want my kids to go to college, but I don't want them to think that's the only option for them. If they find a passion early in life, by all means, pursue that first. Sure. You guys did it. I mean, you, you guys are perfect examples because I like same thing. I interviewed like a, a legit artist like a, a couple weeks ago. We're not legit. 
I'm just kidding. I met, I met you guys. I met you guys too in that same boat. Yeah, you guys are cool, but I met this legit. Actually, actually, I had to, I had to defend you guys. I had to defend the CGI stuff because he was going off about, you know, how that's not whatever. Anyways, uh, anyways, wait, wait, I gotta hear this. Yeah. Before you continue, what do you mean he was going off? I gotta hear this. No, it was just a thing. Like, there's a motherfucker. No, it was just a, a thing about like movies that aren't necessarily like uh, like I like claymation because there's a quality to it, but at the same time you're taking or the George Miller conversation came up with uh, the new Mad Max film where a lot of it's practical special effects, not necessarily CGI. There's and, a lot of CGI that people don't realize. Well, there is. There, uh, oh, because did you know Charlize didn't cut her arm off? Of course, there's a lot of CGI. That's what I keep telling people. But a lot of the great special effects, the stunts were all with practical special effects, and there's an art to that because. With, on the opposite side of that, you get Michael Bay. You get fucking extreme CGI work for every single thing, and it's just and overdone. It. My, my, my whole theory with this is it's not about, oh, a lot of, a lot of like, George Lucas is all CGI yeah. fanatic. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in that. And, and, you know, I'm a CG artist. This is what yeah. I do for a living. I don't but if it works, it works for the scene. I feel like certain things require certain skills. Just yes. like anything. You build a house, you're not going to get only a painter to do, you know, everything, or only, you know, like a, a fucking, what is it, a, a framework, a uh, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> woodworker, whatever. are you talking uh, about a carpenter, carpenter, whatever, oh my god, see, shut up, Mexican wouldn't know, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but what I'm saying yeah. is that, like, for example, Hellboy to me, yeah, both movies, yeah, a good blend, uh, there were practical suits, his, CGI's, his name came up, Guillermo del Toro, because he's the only one in this state that's knows how to use both effects practically yeah, and CGI. Yeah, what works best yes. for that particular Absolutely. application. Absolutely. But it, you can go back in time and talk about it. When Claymation first came out. Yes. Stop motion. Harry Hausner. You know, you know yeah. they could be people like, oh man, they lost the, the old, you know, style of using whatever. Now everybody's using Claymation. And then after Claymation stopped, they started using something else. You know yeah, well, mean? that became makeup artists. The, the whole wearer from London. A Jonathan Landis type thing, but yeah. in a good way. Though. And it's yeah. like it's like because people became obsessed with that particular new technology. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and, and I hate when, when a lot of traditional artists are like, "Oh, it's CG. It's too much CG." Yeah, sometimes the movie does have too much CG, yeah. but we're still artists. We're using a different medium, but we're yeah. still artists. You're absolutely so it's like right. Skills. You're absolutely you know? right, and it's all really in the director's point of view. Like, if he's overdoing it, he overdid it on a bad in a bad sense. Like, damn, you really shouldn't. You know that that didn't need CGI. Or that could have been better than that practical effect with CGI. You know what I'm saying? It's all taste, taste, choice. Just because you have the option to use this or that doesn't mean you. I'm for an example, like you called it earlier, would use what it's applicable to the scene to make it better. Not necessarily just because you have the option to use it right away. My opinion has always been that you need to balance out like balance. practical with CGI. Balance. It's all about like, balance. You, uh-huh. you know, using Mad Max as an mm-hmm. example, like you have practical stunts but then you clean it up you add yes. like color grading you, you clean things up you mm-hmm. change the scenery to CGI that versus like the newer Star Wars movies yeah. where it was two actors walking in a room that was completely was, was that necessary? Blue, yeah and then like blue screen yeah. and then it's like this sterile environment where yeah. nothing's real and people are reacting to a tennis ball on a stick Is it, yes and, exactly like, I don't know. I've always seemed to enjoy movies where, like, the director was able to. I mean, I I realize it's more work to use yeah. practical and then mix it with. It's not more work. Three... That's the thing. Oh, it's not. It's not. I thought. See how long it takes me and Keith to make something in three. I don't. I haven't seen. Okay. Well, I'll put. I'll give you. I'll give you this as an example to that world. 
Um, have you seen the new King Kong? The, not the new one, but the one that came out in 2009? Sure. sure. Okay, uh, so that... Yeah, you, yeah. With that Empire State Building, yeah. it took longer to create CGI version than the actual one in... Uh, actual concrete, concrete one took to make in real life. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, I, absolutely How right. How is that? The CGI version took over like two years to make. Just that actual Empire State Building, the one where he's... That whole scene. Yeah. Then the actual Empire State Building took to make creative place. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I, would not believe that. Yeah, I'm yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, but shit like that. So it's all about uh, choice wise, what director choice. But there's actually like, let's say something that's all blue screen, something like 300 or Sin City, where every single every single scene in the background screen, and that was shot perfectly. Sure. Why? Because that because that was an artistic taste, and that made sense for the storyline. Sure. Yeah, sure. And, and that was creative at the same time. It was original, and that was all, almost all CGI, almost all blue screen. I did hear people when when three hundred came out uh, commenting that mm-hmm. like this does look like it all takes place on like a sound stage. Yeah. But at the same time, but in a good way, it was mm-hmm. from a comic book. You could kind of imagine like, oh, this is a comic panel. Like, yeah. That's what I'm I'm looking at. Yeah. It's like the action taking place. Absolutely. In Absolutely. So the limitation kind of helped. You kind of give yourself a leeway to oh let you know maybe it does this part looks fake. But in a good way. Sure. It's just the best way to put it. It's just really. But I mean, good. it was also like both those examples are very like stylistic. I mean, uh, I think yep, Star exactly. Wars. Like, See, that's the thing. Yes. To have it, make it, look it wasn't like, a yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, a world, like a real world. Yeah. And when you have you know uh, everything looking very sterile and clean, you kind of lose that like gravity that this is and actually it's also, honestly, it, like exists. That's yes. Also, a lot of the fault of the artists too. Uh, at the time, of mm-hmm. course, making everything look so sterile because now it's like, you know, any 3D artist can tell you it's about imperfection. Okay. Making it well, less sterile. Isn't that the, like, industry evolving and realizing from, like, past mistakes? Oh, like, yeah. oh, oh yeah. okay, we need to, like... But that's kind of an excuse that they're using because, like, it started... Okay, let's start when early CGI was first used. They perfected it. Uh, and, and, like, because they used it practically. Terminator 2 came out in 1992, and that's a perfect example of how CGA was used brilliantly. Uh, Jurassic Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. That's another perfect example of how CGI was used perfectly for the scene. And you, those movies hold up till this day. Yeah. They hold they over 20 years. There's movies that look shittier shittier CGI than those two films that came out in the early 90s. I wouldn't say shittier, but because they used it for what it worked for. The abyss. Within, within, within the, <laughs> the abyss, yeah, yeah, within the capabilities of what it was, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, it kind of does, yeah, absolutely. But it just, it just, it, it has to do with a, a director that knows what's up. Well, you know, uh, uh, to kind of go along with that, I know in one of the Alien movies they talked about, uh, I think it was like the third one, making like the alien head, and there's like a puppeteer mm-hmm. that, that pushes the head up to Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Right? So the actress is there. She's looking away from it. That's the third and one. And the, yeah. the puppeteer made the teeth yeah. snap. Yeah. And when it did that, she flinched. Yeah, because she didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. That's something that you could not exactly. have asked. Like, you couldn't have been, like, uh, just flinched. Yeah. To this tennis ball on a stick. Yes, okay, exactly. The, the, uh, the 3D artist is going to add this later on. Yeah. And then make it look good. Like, that's like these little things that make that like you need that you need charming. that practical yeah. yeah and and you know you brought up the thing same thing with like Jurassic Park like mm-hmm. mixing people in suits uh, with with puppets with miniatures and then putting like CG in there mm-hmm. like it, it all like mixes it's all together one amalgamation to make this beautiful piece of yeah art yeah like 
Like, I, I prefer watching that any day over, like, you know, oh, look at all these robots. They're done in 3D. That's it's, why I brought Michael Bay in an example where he's someone who overuses it. Like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. Jesus Christ in Oklahoma, you know, billboard, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Um, I don't know. That's a great topic we got on. Uh, but you guys as a, uh, I mean, do you do CGI effects too, or you're doing something yeah, different? Yeah, no, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm mostly traditional artist doing watercolors and drawing yeah. and painting. And, uh, I do digital stuff, but mm-hmm. no, I, I don't build anything in 3D like and you get co- you get commissioned for it, like uh, working for different, like how do you how do you do that? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, a lot of stuff is just through like uh, uh, word of mouth, getting getting work through that. Yeah. Uh, working with people like Craigslist is an example. Yeah. Okay. Too. Um, but I mean, like I'm I'm working on a website now, so that will hopefully bring me more income to hold you over to the next yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was working for a multimedia company, you know, they were just they would walk in and say like, um, you know, for the last six weeks. We've been working with this car company, yeah. and now we have a meeting today. But um, you know, can you can you do a couple sketches to like really sell this idea? Uh, it's due at two. And I'd be like, it's eleven. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah. Can you have this done? And I'd be like, how many sketches do you need? So I mean, you know, it's all different. It's it's all like, you know, it's all the same thing. Where it's this, uh, you get this like heavy demand where you have to yeah. like, work really quickly all of a sudden. Um, I'm sure very much like like Yoshi does. Like yeah, like yeah. Dead, you get deadlines basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you ever get a chance while you're working on like different deadlines for different? I mean, I'm sure you have different kind of things going on at the same time. But do you ever have a passion for like let's say something that inspires you personally? Yeah. And then you just you're working on it on the side little by little that kind of thing going on at the same time or do you not even focus on it? Sometimes you're just more um, work focused. Well, I I think when you have opportunities to work on things like that, like uh-huh. it usually ends up coming out better because you have more time for your ideas to like slowly evolve, evolve. into bigger mm-hmm. ideas I was gonna say, yeah. and like that's that's kind of how it is with this children's book i've been working on for, for oh, a little right, bit right, of yeah. time now um and you're illustrating it i want to be clear you're obviously illustrating yeah, this yourself I didn't, too i didn't write it um, oh, okay i have a client that that wrote it that came to me and um like like uh for example um it's a story where a kid goes to sleep as a boy yes, he wakes yeah. up as a beetle whatever right? he wants to be yeah and then his parents are they tell him you know you're not a beetle you're a boy poof he turns back into a boy yeah. and then after a while i came up with the idea of like oh maybe the next time you see him as a boy now he's kind of like dressed up like a beetle like he has like costume uh, props that's, on that's like good, he's got yeah. like googly eye glasses like maybe he's on all fours yeah if you asked me when that per- when that project was first brought to me, like to come up with ideas like that, I, I wouldn't have. Probably not. Yeah, I had to take time to kind of like, process in my head for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, different digest. conversations, different times. I was like, oh, that might have been. You write it down, right? And and it mm-hmm. seems like when you look into uh, like directors that have had a project for like years and years yes. and years, like you can kind of find those like little special charming things about that that yeah. like it took time for them to come up with. Uh, it's just if you ask them overnight, like, hey, bang out a dinosaur, they give you a dinosaur. Hey, two by two o'clock, and it's eleven. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But if they have like months to work on that dinosaur, like they're gonna add like, oh, now you uh, uh, did you notice how like the the dinosaur has like little dinosaurs around yeah. it, and how like the the grass moves when the tail moves. That's and, a that's a great uh, point to put. The but, dinosaur's gonna be eating the branches before yeah. it turns around. So like all the little, little details. Bars. Yeah, that's a great point to bring up. 
just because it kind of circles back to the whole what we're talking about how mixing cgi with special effects with practical effects with a good story but uh uh, just recently i was watching this thing on like the making of avatar james cameron which is like the most successful movie behind uh titanic which is by james cameron but he's talking about he started working on that movie like in 96 95 and he didn't even come to light till like 2008 2009 but but because he spent so much time working on that film exactly what we just called he started adding just little details like oh this idea would work here this idea would and you have just so much time to focus on something when you have uh, when you're given an unlimited timeline type of thing and there's no pressure basically yeah but that's a great point to bring up man I I like that uh, Vu, do you want to? Call, we got a little bit of time for one more topic. Anything specifically you want to bring up about? Uh, BJ Finn wants to come out of retirement. I don't know how I feel about that. I completely thought this whole podcast was going to be UFC fight because 192 is this Saturday, <laughs> and I really wanted to bring. I wanted to get your takes on like every fighter that's fighting. Yeah, you know what? We could do that. We could go. We could. Pro, we could. Pro, we uh, just least recently got a new. Um, I don't know how you want to call it, like a new system. So we were able to put longer episodes on. If we want to keep going for another, I was gonna go no, for an hour and a half. We've been going say, for. Dude, I don't know how I feel about that. BG, BG, I I know how I feel boy. about that. I don't even want Machida fighting that much anymore. To be honest with you, I don't want Machida fighting anyone in the top ten. I'll tell you that just like straight out. And uh, the pen, you know, I think he can still do it. I think honestly, I'm not saying they were flukes. He lost. But, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. There were good fights that he legitimately lost, except yeah. for Rockhold. <laughs> uh, that's the only one I thought he got dominated on. And in his domination on Rockhold, um, it only because he got fucked up in the first round. Yeah. If he didn't get fucked up in the first round, it probably would have went closer to I, how I don't know. You know what I mean? closer like, to how Weidman. That's like to me the Rockhold fight was like people saying um, how uh, Gio Santos dominated in the first. Yeah, in that first. Fight. That's like, that's stupid. He got caught. Yeah, yeah saying yeah. something like that. No, yeah, no, it's not stupid. I mean, he didn't get caught. I mean, he oh, threw dude, the punch. Kane got caught. Yeah, yeah. but. He, yeah. Junior didn't throw that punch by accident, you know. And Kane was injured too. You're also can't keep that in mind. But uh, you know, I give credit where credit's due. Yeah, like, you're right. Dan, are you into the MMA scene, the UFC nah, thing? Not really. Not at all. Solid. All right, you might have to sit this one out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sit this out then. Yeah, yeah like, that's, I, like I just want to say DJ Penn. <laughs> what you say? You like? like what? You guys like punching? <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard that, and uh, I feel like uh, well, this is what I feel like. Well, it's. Uh, I don't want to respect him any less than I already do. He's such a fucking legend. I didn't even want him to fight that last Frankie Edgar fight, and where he it was just sad to watch, and I had to watch the whole thing. Did you watch that whole thing? The last fight he fought with Frankie Edgar. Yeah, I watched it, it's that. bad. It was, it was sad, dude. Number one, as soon as he comes out with that stance, you're like, "What is he doing? Oh my god, what is he doing? That kind of thing, you know? It it, it just yeah. legend. Hopefully, you don't want to see legends go down like yeah. that. You know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. There are like Cinderella stories, like uh, Dan Henderson, when he fight when he fought Tim Botch recently, and he knocked him out in like the first minute of the yeah, round. Yeah, he needs to just be done with it. Too. That's what I say. Like, hey, dude, you got that victory? Please stop. <laughs> like, you, that was by you know, like, oh my god, that was great. How do you great. feel about Fedor coming back? He's not finding the UFC. I know he's not. He's fighting so, Japan, some new upstart promotion. No, but I'm, this is what I'm saying. He's not finding the UFC for. That means he's not finding top level talent. That means he's still. I'm not going to see him get fucked up. Basically, but so I I don't have to see a legend fall. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, but, uh, as a po- because if he fought anybody in the UFC uh, with a top ten contender, he's probably gonna get fucked up, and that's kind of fucked up. You know, like I said, he's the he's the face of mixed martial arts, of you know, pride, of fucking MMA, of just of Japan. You know, he's the he's the face of it. He represents. He's everybody's favorite heavyweight. Basically, the the best way to put it. And I don't want to see him go down. You don't want to see Kane fuck his day up? He, Kane would fuck him up. Kane would fuck... Kane's back, just so you know. 
I mean, can't can't any if that Verdun took anywhere we'll else? See, we'll see. I'm kind of hoping that wasn't a fluke, but Verdun is looking good too. I don't want to take credit away from him. He's looking great, but look how that first round went. If you look at that fight where Kane lost, look at how that first round went. Yeah, but like I said, it, it, it is what it is. You know. All right. Okay. We can, we can close this up. Yeah. All right. We're about. Yeah. We're. It's actually about. We're an hour and a half. I just want to thank our guest. This was a great. This went nowhere where I thought. It's always every episode starts the same way. Like you have an idea where it might head to and everything, but this went nowhere where I thought in a good way. What so, do you guys normally talk about? Dude, you, yeah, you just gotta see some of the episodes. Some hit or some are miss. Like we had these uh, this couple, a married couple, on, and like the first hour is nothing but paranormal activity stuff. <laughs> and it was really interesting, you know. That and then the second half was all about how music sucks now and Kanye way's gay and shit like that you know like it just it, it can't go anywhere but I, I love how this one how it evolved or whatever it, it came organically so i want to thank yoshi thank you very much for having your guest dan it was a pleasure man it, i had a great conversation uh anything last you guys want to promote or say or that kind of thing um social media accounts even like instagrams or anything uh hire me hire me things or whatever listen to snooze and booze oh my god that's so, okay, thanks. Whatever. Uh, Dan, anything you want to promote? Uh, I don't know. Just uh, Daniel Keyless at right. Instagram, I guess. How do you spell your last name? Uh, K-E-Y-L-E-S-S. Okay, there you go. Daniel Keyless. And look for my children's book called What's in a Name? You know, that'll be coming out. No, I'm oh, kidding. Thanks, <laughs> What's in a Name? Uh, we'll have When the book comes out, we'll have you back yeah. on if you want to promote it. Oh, and, awesome. like that. Thanks, and I'll post it on Instagram where we'll do all that whole social media jazz you know yeah, totally. uh once again i want to thank our guests and um you know and i want to thank you guys for listening and we'll be back with snooze and booze in another another time i'll catch you on the flip side <laughs>